to another episode of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and we have Kelsey Shalou in the studio. How are you doing, Kelsey? Hey, I'm doing well. Excellent. Um, so something special, <laughs> special, special episode. Uh, I guess a lot of you were pretty uh, opinionated over the weekend after listening to our last uh podcast um i got a we got a bunch of questions in and then uh, I've, i had some some friends in the industry who also kind of like asked me questions in real life and so I, I figured i'd carry as many of them as i could over to this episode um because you know the idea of inclusion diversity representation are all very hot button topics within the industry whether you are a professional or in the you're in the um the outside looking in um, so to kind of just jump into it, I mean, we got questions from interns as well as people who have been in the game for decades. And so, and then every, you know, everybody in between. So I just want to kind of just jump into it. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So I did get a question from an old friend of mine that I went to college with and, um, his name's David and he asked, uh, just kind of, I guess, piggybacking off of the conversation that we had last episode is just what exactly does diversity mean to you mm-hmm. as an individual? Now, I know I kind of touched on it like slightly, um, but I'm and I, I wish we had everybody else who was in here during that conversation to kind of speak mm-hmm. on it as well. But, you know, conflicting schedules. So I, I just I'm curious as to what. In your eyes, Kelsey, mm-hmm. like what what when someone says, oh, this is a very diverse place or this is a very diverse neighborhood. What 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 is what is the kind of the definition yeah, that comes exactly. to you? Well, I think the first thing that hit me when I read this and mm-hmm. I, I, I spent some time thinking about this because I, I say it a lot. We hear it a lot, but I don't right. know if I've ever really taken time to like create my own definition. Right. But I think it's important to note that there is so many different like literal types of diversity. There's biological diversity. There's, um, you know, diversity of different habitats. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, we see diversity across many different scopes. So my my definition that I came up with was the collective pool of thoughts, ideas, worldviews, and interests based on experiences and conditioning. Um, and I think geographical location has a big part to do with yeah. how all of that comes together. Um, but you know, if we're talking about like based on our last episode, if we're talking about mm-hmm. the diversity of people, mm-hmm. um, the type of cultural practices or religious practices typically comes from right. uh, tradition, which might come from the place that they grew up in physically. Right. Um, but also dif- the different you know layers of the human condition that creates their sense of self mm-hmm. or their sense of how they're going to receive others. Um you know, but we can also, like I said, we get that in habitats and with other species of animals. And I think that's more of a biological di- diversity. But, um, yeah. <laughs> super, super zen <laughs> yeah. response there. I got to break out my power crystals. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I definitely agree to an extent. I mean, I guess for me, knee jerk, if you just a knee jerk kind of gun to my head, what does diversity mean to you? It's really almost a, a, a an amalgamation of different cultural experiences within a a specific ecosystem, whether yeah. it's an office or you know something larger, society, region. Um, it's just the idea, and but keep in mind, a lot of those cultural experiences are 
predicated on specific things, whether sure. it's sex mm-hmm. um, or, or, or um, sexual preference, gender, uh, race. racial makeup, like a lot of those outstanding kind of um, mm-hmm. attributes mm-hmm. do kind of contribute sometimes heavily to a person's cultural experience yeah, within course. the grand scheme of things, the larger mm-hmm. society. That's kind of, that's what I meant by conditioning the human right, condition right, based right. upon the different places that you fill or don't fill, depending on who you are. Right. And so that's why we tend to get a lot of have a lot of conversations, a lot of back and forth with people about, you know, well, you know, yeah, we might only have two women in our office, but the people that we do have come from all of these other different mm-hmm. backgrounds. You know, we, you know, they come from this place and that region and this part of the globe. You know, it's like, or we, you know, we, we, you know, we might only have, you know, three black people in a, a, a company of 500, mm-hmm. but of the people that we do have, some, you know, are, are identify as gay and others are, are, you know, of this religious sect. And, mm-hmm. you know, that we have all, we have these, this whole marketplace of ideas that it's, you know, mm-hmm. one person challenges one person's beliefs or value system every other day. And so mm-hmm. there's always something. So I guess that's something you always have to keep in mind that even though, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure I said this last episode. Like even though I might go into it thinking, oh, there are no other black people here <laughs> or there are no other people of color in this particular, you know, whatever the environment may be. There's still certain other aspects of diversity that may be getting covered that I'm just not mm-hmm. I'm not thinking in terms of because of, uh, you know, a, a narrower scope. Mm-hmm. So, so hopefully that answers your question, David. I appreciate you uh, uh, submitting that one. So we're just gonna move on Can to the I next. Ask this question. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Cool. Go ahead. Um, so this next question is: um, I am the only person who looks like me at my job. Do you have any coping? tips or skills on how to address this scenario and when I read this question it's kind of tricky for me to put myself into those shoes and into that place because that's not my current scenario and honestly I can probably say besides the time where I was living abroad I've never really felt like an outcast and that is definitely a piece of privilege that gets to be spoken so the way that I thought about answering that question is you know, to put myself in the shoes of what someone else might feel or might, um, you know, if I did walk into a sure. space and I was the only person that looked like me. Uh-huh. Um, I think the confidence of knowing that you're here for a reason other than what you look like is what might help um, get you through the ideas or, you know, knowing that you're not at a place because of what you look like, but because of what thought you're able to produce mm-hmm. or uh, specifically for advertising the creative that you're able to produce sure. or scenarios or strategies you're able to think through. Um, and you know, that was my first, that was my first reaction or gut instinct, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciate Shahila for, uh, sending this, this question in. Um, and I guess judging by your name, I'm pretty sure you're the only Shah- Shahila in your <laughs> office too. Um, I've been in situations where I've been the only black person in companies where it's been 150, 250 strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and admittedly, at, at first, it's it's tough. Yeah, it's tough to be able to 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 walk into a well. Because let me backtrack. So when I was in college, I went to college. I went to college at a fairly small school in Charleston, South South Carolina. Shout out to College of Charleston, go Cougars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my roommate freshman year, he was from, I want to say he was from Colorado, somewhere in the Midwest. Mm. Um, 
and he's and he was 17 18 years old and he's swear to god first first week he said to me he's like honestly you are the third black person i've met in my life and that's just that was just mind-blowing to me (laughs) because i can't i can't go 15 minutes without without interacting with a white person yeah so just to um, to imagine being able to go the bulk of your life up to that point without without ever having to interact with someone who doesn't look like you Mm. that that's that's crazy but that i but on the same token that is a privilege i guess so to speak that some people can afford Mm. to not have to to not have to go through so i mean i i think i think getting to not getting to experience that though also gives you the privilege right 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 right. yeah i use i use privilege with with air quotes because it's just like is it a privilege to not be not to be able to go that long without interacting with someone other Mm -hmm. than you know someone who looks like you um but i think it, it, it going back to my original statement it, it was tough it's it was tough at first to kind of like have to cope with that and kind of have to deal with the idea of like oh here we go again i'm the i'm the only one i'm the 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 scion so mm. to speak um so but over time you kind of just you find ways to to include yourself or find avenues of inclusion into the again the greater the, the, the community at large whether mm-hmm. it's you you might have a similar interest in music mm-hmm. or art or mm-hmm. movies or some sort of cuisine yeah and then you kind of build off of that so the idea of you not looking like virtually everyone else at your office becomes less and less of a an issue um Keep in mind, it'll still be in the back of your head because there are gonna there are gonna be certain things that happen societally mm-hmm. um, and and culturally that no one else will be able to kind of like relate to. Sure. That you, you know that you can as a as a person of color or whatever. Um, and so there are going to be those moments that kind of bring you snap that that idea of you not looking like everyone else back to the forefront. Mm-hmm. But um, you just have to kind of just roll, roll with the punches. Yeah. Really, it's just one of those things you have to like really just be mindful of. And, and again, just find ways to really like find common ground with mm-hmm. people who may not look like you. Yeah. So. Does that answer, yeah, that? Does a, that, answer a, that question? Yeah, that's a great one. I think being able to find talk or interests outside of what like the immediate work might be is really easy. I was just talking to Karina actually, mm-hmm. and I was saying how it. I didn't like have to try. Karina's relatively new to working at Evoke, and I didn't have to like try to build a friendship mm-hmm. with her. But just by sitting in close proximity and finding those common grounds of interests or of food, right. and her parents are Indian, and I love Indian food, so mm-hmm. we would talk about things like that, and you know. You know, they just that, exactly that, that what cultural, you said. That cultural exchange mm-hmm. and, and having those moments, those little micro moments mm-hmm. where you can ex- have an exchange and be mm-hmm. on the same level kind of puts helps kind of soften the idea, that harsh reality that you might not look like anybody else mm-hmm. in your in your um, your office space. So, yeah, yeah, just hinge, hinge like lean on the idea of cultural exchanges and, and that will kind of help you transition better into a, an office space where you might be the only one who looks like you. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. All right. Next question. Uh, and this one's from Graham. Um, and this is a, this is a question that a lot of people have had. This is another kind of very controversial topic, but, um, he wanted to know what our thoughts were on unpaid internships. Okay. Well, Evoke <laughs> does unpaid internships. We so do. as an agency, I think the collective, maybe not on the individual level, but mm-hmm. on the business level is, 
Um, and they're not completely unpaid. Like as I, I started as an unpaid intern, right. I literally wouldn't be able to graduate with my college degree without that internship. Right. So in exchange for doing, you know, the internship, I get credit hours for school class. So they're not technically it's unpaid monetary, mm-hmm. but you are getting an exchange of something. And honestly, like being able to do an internship to get yourself, whether it's a foot in a door to, you know, excel into a certain company that you're interested in right. or just gaining internal knowledge of, okay, do I even like working in this industry? Do I like working in this role? Right. You know, I interned in social media, but did I, should I really try to do an internship in creative, um, allows you to kind of build that inside understanding of what you're trying to get out of right. the rest of your career. Um, but Unpaid internships can turn into paid internships that turn into part-time jobs that could turn into full-time jobs. Exactly. So I definitely would never, ba- I mean, based on my personal experience, I would never tell someone don't take mm. an internship because it's unpaid. I don't believe in just doing free work and just saying, yeah, like I'll just stay here forever and I'll just, you know, no worries. Right. Or, because people will very quickly take advantage of you, whether mm-hmm. that's in an office space or you're trying to freelance and yeah. do collaborations with people on the street. Um, but I would never turn someone or suggest to someone to not do an internship because it was unpaid. Yeah, and, and I, I def, I'm kind of on the same page with you with in that regard. Um, I, I liked what you said about you know with 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 unpaid internships or just internships in general. You kind of have this this sandbox that you get to play in. It's like there's mm-hmm. more of an opportunity for you. Maybe you came in as like an accounts mm-hmm. account services intern, but all of a sudden you 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 found a, a really huge interest in working in social media mm-hmm. or doing more graphic design. Doing the podcast. Doing the podcast, <laughs> you know? Um, and so regardless of where you may work, you know, being able to find an internship that allows you options yeah kind of pays for itself because you never you you don't want it to be a situation where you you're forced to have this hard and fast very linear idea of what you're supposed to do career wise Mm -hmm. go through the motions graduate get this full-time job your first big boy job out of of college Mm -hmm. and then come to this this grave realization this is absolutely not (laughs) what you wanted to do in the first place and so being able to have those internships and being able to be fluid is kind of the trade-off of not being able to take home a paycheck every week or every other week so i mean i think i i still have my reserves about certain aspects of of unpaid internships just because i'm not a big fan of working for free um but i do understand the necessity yeah and i think as like a i don't know if you're a junior or sophomore in college there's a little bit more of like okay yeah i can understand doing a unpaid internship as opposed to being a graduate and going in somewhere right. and they're like yeah no we're not gonna pay you like, right i don't know if i'm down with that but, right yeah. like if you're you're six months away from graduating <laughs> and it's like okay i gotta start that's like i gotta start gotta making start income soon <laughs> so yeah that gets a little it gets a little tough but you know that's why you should take care take advantage of those internships as early as you can don't don't look at it as simply a prerequisite or a box you have to check off yeah. before you can graduate. Like really take advantage of the idea of being able to go into an office space, kind of get really fluid with what you're doing, float around and, and figure out. And make connections. Exactly. With people and, you know, like we both have already said, you can come in thinking like this is what my, you know, track is going to be. Right. And then through those you know, relationships that you make internally, you can get flip-flopped around to find a place that maybe is better suited. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, unpaid internships, they're they are worth it, but they also do come with their own challenges and you kind of have to be able to navigate those as you go along. So 
Right. Ooh, this is a good, <laughs> this is a good one. Um, so this is from a guy named Alan. Um, he works in the advertising industry uh, in a he's at a creative creative services um, agency on the West Coast. And he asked, well, he kind of commented and then asked, um, it seems like more and more agencies are adopting a, quote, PC culture. I'm assuming that means politically correct. Um, how do you get through a day without offending someone? I literally <laughs> thought that, like, it took me a second to realize PC was political yeah, correctness. Political, yeah. And I was like, honestly, like, are people actually getting offended that not everyone's using Apple? <laughs> Is that really a thing that's... <laughs> happening right now Steve in our Jobs world. is rolling in his grave right now. Dude, so that was, I mean, I like, once I gave it a second rethrow, I was like, okay, I'm with it. But like, honestly, I was like, are people actually fighting over right. not no. being consistent <laughs> with Max? That's what? That's fantastic. It's ridiculous. But that, I'm sure that's an argument somewhere in the Oh, easily. In, in the PC in the, culture, for, for sure, sure. For sure. 100%. <laughs> um, I got a quick, quick, quick answer on Good. this one. Um, screen your thoughts. Just like you do in advertising, mm-hmm. un- know who your audience is. And right. depending on who you're talking to, you can change your verbiage or you can change your language to f- make people happy. Right? That's amazing. <laughs> like, know your audience. Yeah. Like, this is the one thing. Oh, that's that's fantastic. It's Thank the you. one thing that you're, you're pretty much paid to do eight hours a day, yeah. five days a week. You know, be able to know your personas, know exactly who you're talking to, know exactly what, what works with them and what doesn't. And mm-hmm. then just tailor your messaging accordingly yeah, tailor your conversation to oh, that person man yeah that's 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 a pretty short and yeah. sweet answer right there that, that, that's you, perfect because you know just basically take what you are you know i guess i would assume you'd be a professional at at this point <laughs> unless you're an unpaid intern right unless you're an unpaid intern <laughs> <laughs> and then just just take those take those skills and apply them to the conversations that you have with your coworkers every day. Like it shouldn't be a situation where it's like, Oh, well I don't, I don't want to, you know, everybody just seems so sensitive. And I'm like, no, you're just being an ass. Like (laughs) nine times out of 10, you're just being an ass about something that you have no business being an ass about. And you just gotta, you kind of have to like temper. And like you said, kind of tailor your message to make sure you're getting the best thought or point across to whoever you're speaking to. So yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect that answer. Simple. Perfect answer. Thank you for asking that one, Alan. Um, right. So yeah, next question. You want to? Next wanna... question is from Nate. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, and Nate says, "How do you foster an environment where people who come from different backgrounds know you value their ideas?" Oh, this is a good question. I thought this was a great question. Yeah. Um, oof, that's a very like. I feel like that's a kind of almost not really a top level HR question, but it's. Mm. <clears throat> I think that um, creating collaborative collaborative workspaces right. really aid in that. And, um, you know, as a boss or a manager, making it known that ideas are valued regardless of where you come from, what you look like, et cetera. Right. Um, and a practical example of this is at Evoke, we do beer and bravos. And I yeah. think that that's literally just a space where everyone in the agency comes together and just gives kudos to people. Um absolutely like based on their work Mm -hmm. irregardless of anything else but what they're producing so i kind of just think that you know creating collaborative workspaces where ideas are able to bounce i'm the first rule brainstorming is there's no bad ideas at the beginning so just being able to invite in all ideas Mm -hmm. um i think just makes for a peaceful peaceful workspace and then as you progress in a campaign or etc you know you take you know strate- more of a strategic approach but right 
Yeah, that was my my first thought and example that really quickly came to mind because I think at Evoke, there's this is demonstrated extraordinarily well. Right, and I think it, to take it a step further though, it, I don't think it's enough to just invite someone to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you 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 also have to give people certain people kind of creative license Mm -hmm. to actually go through the process of ideation all the way to implementation whether whether they end up being successful or they fail Mm -hmm. because that only Mm -hmm. then only then do you show someone that you actually trust trust what they're doing or what they're trying to do from start to finish like you can hire a bunch of people, you know, in, in lower level, entry level kind of positions and say, oh, look, look at us. We're being diverse. We're being mm-hmm. inclusive, you know, but it's it's you're not if you're not giving them the opportunity to be managers, yeah. to to be directors, to 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 move up to the C, you know, C level kind of positions within your industry, within your um, company, then all you're doing is just filling a quota. Yeah, you're not doing enough to really show that hey we are committed to this we're committed to the idea of letting uh, letting other people in that are outside of the status quo Mm -hmm. and and not only that just giving them an opportunity and giving them the resources Mm -hmm. to to succeed because you never want to set somebody up for failure within your own organization just to prove a point you know you know you want to be able to give them the tools that they need the resources and the contacts yeah, you want to enable them for success exactly to be successful yeah, that's, so i mean i guess that that kind of helps to answer the question it's just like it's mm-hmm. you know the first step is really you know diversifying your diversifying your your current work base but but taking it a step further and being inclusive and actually yeah. giving them the floor time giving yeah. them the be, being attentive mm-hmm. and listening to to, to their ideas you know mm-hmm. and if you feel that you you have something that can kind of augment something that's already been started by somebody else, then by all means go for it, but know that, but, but still be cognizant of the fact that you're letting somebody else start that conversation, Mm -hmm. start that foundation. Yeah. That's a great answer. So, um, I guess to, to round out our final question of the day, uh, came from uh, Tessa and she, she, I, I, I met Tessa a few months ago and she, she works at a, um, with an influencer network in New York. And uh, she asked, hiring for the sake of a, quote, culture fit, does that limit you from bringing in talent that may come from a different background? We've actually answered this question before on the pod. I mean, we ta- we touched on culture fit before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we were talking to Tanya on right, agency right, right. culture. Right, yeah, you know, tackling agency mm-hmm. turnover. Uh, no, on... Um, we talked to Tanya twice that one, but then we talked to Tanya about just like general agency culture, like way back Man, in the day. We talked to a lot of yeah, people. We <laughs> talked to lots of people. Um, but, but I think in the within the realm of this particular question, yeah, specifically on yeah. the focus of diversity or you know, bringing in people with different backgrounds. Right. So if you've gone through the trouble of creating this like bulleted culture fit kind of checklist, mm-hmm. and this person that you're you're considering bringing in or, or interviewing completely just defies everything <laughs> that you've you've set out yeah. that you want in your culture but on paper and in through referrals or wherever they're just Not like much. the person that yeah. you need to have within your organization like what what do you do yeah <laughs> i know i think that's tricky i think at the end of the day it is a hiring manager's job or anyone that is going to be bringing a person onto the team to bring in the best talent bring in right. the person that's going to succeed in the work role 
But with that being said, if you are bringing in someone that does completely defy like whatever list, like mm-hmm. hopefully it's not a figurative list. Hopefully of, it's not yeah, a figurative hopefully, list. Hopefully it's But just, I never I never know when it comes when people talk about like, oh, you yeah. we have a certain culture here. Yeah. I'm like, I don't what know what that, that means. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like I think that if you're bringing in someone that's maybe going to completely work against what maybe a lot of the people already producing and working at the agency are, then maybe you do find some challenges. And, you know, that isn't to say that, oh, like, no, that person's just going to sit in the corner and that's going to be that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can understand how if you are trying to bring on the best talent, which you do, but then that person has trouble or, you know, relating to the culture fit at the agency, maybe their work does get like sacrificed because mm-hmm. they're not as comfortable or whatever. But I do believe it's the agencies or any place of works like overall responsibility to make sure that people that are coming into work are comfortable and are, you know, like well adapted to the surroundings, mm-hmm. to the other people. Um, so yeah, that's a tricky, that's a tricky question. And honestly, I don't know if I've, I've only ever been here. Right. So I don't really have any other points of reference for what a culture fit might look like mm-hmm. or feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say when I was doing my, you know, first round of internships back in, I mean, last year, I walked out of here at the end of them feeling like I resonated with this space and the people that I talked to most. So I do understand that, um, you might click with people better and maybe Mm -hmm. that has something to do with personality. Maybe it has something to do with the music that was playing that day. I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but I definitely did feel that when I was talking to different people in different agencies. But right. then I don't know if I have enough experience to kind of talk too much about that point. Yeah. And, and that's that's fair. Um, I think to kind of put it into a, a ratio <laughs> talent, you know, pure talent versus a, a culture fit. I would say I, I would like a. 75% talent, 25% culture fit kind of mm, thing. Yeah. Because with a lot of agencies, a lot of agencies tend to be very organic. Mm-hmm. So in January, you might think that your culture is like this very laid back, super chill, you know, kind of mm-hmm. fly by the seat of your pants agency. And then something happens midway. Mm. And by December, you're this buttoned up, rigid, you need to be here at this time, you need mm-hmm. to be at your desk for this long kind of agency. Right. And it can just change like that. Right. So I think if I was looking for someone who, from a culture standpoint, I think the one thing I would look for most is adaptability. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you're- one, if, of, one of my notes was a good worker will be able to adapt to any right, kind of office right. culture. So not to cut you off, right. but no, 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 I'm with no, you on that's that. Fa- that's fine. Um, and so does that, does that adaptability speak more to a person's talent mm. or just how their, their personality or how, what they consider the best work culture to be? Yeah. I think that's, I think that's like a talent. It's a skill. It's like a ability to right. maneuver through situations. So I would, I would tack that towards talent or skill or, okay. you know, personality traits, which then enhance the said above. Right. So then it, it just solidifies my point then like 75% yeah, talent. Yeah. I'd rather have that 75% talent than, than, and that 25%, you know, oh, this is a cool space. And, you know, <laughs> super chill, you know, just, you know, just gotta roll with it. You know, I really like Dave Matthews band. Um, so, I mean, I, I, but then again, culture fit can mean different things to yeah. different people. So, I mean, if you're in a tech if you're at a tech company, a culture fit might be someone who just is is 
not as apt to freak out if things go wrong, mm. you know, and that might not necessarily be adaptability, but, you know, just someone who's calm, cool yeah. and collected kind of thing, you know, because everything things change in mm-hmm. the tech world by the minute. Yeah. Um, I also think on this note, it's interesting, like if you are like a predominantly tech company right. or a fashion label or right. you are a space company odds are you're not bringing in a person who's like yeah space is like okay right like you're right. bringing you're in someone who's like i can't wait to go yeah yeah you someone know who's like super gung-ho about it yeah and same with fa- a fashion label or with a, like a food bit something like mm-hmm. you're not gonna bring in someone who's like yeah that like that i guess style's cool like yeah. you are going to bring in people who do meet a certain level of enthusiasm right but at an agency where you're touching a lot of different things i think it kind of is different than mm-hmm. if you're going to an in-house company that is like predominantly one field, then you're going to, I think you're going to want to, I would want to bring in people or I right. want to work with someone that I was enthusiastic uh, about. Yeah. And I think that makes all, that makes a lot of sense. Like most advertising, well, the advertising industry is definitely made up of a lot of people who consider themselves, you know, jacks of all trade, sure. masters of none kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think once you, if you ever move into mm-hmm. more of the in-house, you know, industry specific kind of realm, then yeah, you're going to, you're going to want to look at people who are just super interested and like really just like, if you're going to a music company, it's like, I'm I'm, I'm always thinking about music. I write music. I'm in five bands, (laughs) you know, and, and, and you want somebody who has that, who, you know, kind of like emanates that, that culture of just like, you know, a music fan or a music lover or someone who's Mm -hmm. really in the food or like you said, fashion, Mm -hmm. um, or space. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, I think, it, it it doesn't limit you from bringing in the talent if they're coming from a b- different background, but I would venture a guess that you're probably not getting a lot of people who have those very specified backgrounds anyway, because sure. they're going they're towards going either to the those yeah, those niche agencies yeah. or they're going in house. Yeah, absolutely. So, so hopefully that answers your question, Tessa. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna go ahead and just wrap this up. Um, yeah. It's been a very you know very exploratory uh, <laughs> episode. I appreciate everybody for kind of you know submitting their questions yeah, and. Sure. Um, if you haven't already, be sure to submit yours to um, Provoke. That's P-R-O-V-O-K at evokead.com. And as always, follow us on all of our social media channels so you can kind of keep up with our uh, daily, weekly, monthly contributions to the advertising uh, world. Um, and as we don't really have a quote this week. Just we just because, like quoted everyone. Yeah, we basically quoted a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's your quote. All right, <laughs> cool, cool. All right, with that said, y'all take care. <laughs>